golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home. On the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with the hair is getting longer. It's Will Perry. Really I'm trying to grow it out. You're supposed to do that in the winter, dude. It's summer. I know. Well, you fortunately, got it, you got it's it really backwards. short, so I know. It's okay. I'm going for my Brad Pitt look. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking it, but it's <laughs> at that stage where, you it's know. It's the awkward stage. You just, you just want to touch it. Yeah. It's, you just want to run your fingers through it. Very, I, very it, it is. It's awkward, but I do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <Yeah. laughs> Just as long as men are doing it. Yeah, too, all right? not yet. All right, please. <laughs> oh, boy, we got so much. What a week. Golf to talk about tonight. Um, from the big win for Kevin Kisner at... Uh, the, the, the in Texas, and yeah. he's wearing a plaid jacket. I didn't realize they give away a plaid jacket at the Dean and DeLuca. Well, he's been knocking at the door now ever since he won back last year multiple times, um, even a couple times earlier this year as well. So he's definitely proven that he's capable of, of multiple wins. And um, Jordan Spieth was knocking at the, the door a little bit again this week. He finished second. Um, so it's good to see him play well. He always plays well in Texas, even though the week prior he did not play as well and missed the cut. You know, Kevin Kisner came close at the Arnold Palmer, if you may have remembered. He was in the hunt there on the final round. He's had four runner-ups, including three playoffs during the 2015 season before uh, he won the RSMC Classic in November 2015. Uh, he, as you mentioned, has certainly been on a roll this year, and I think probably uh, a little underrated. And now, you know, with two victories, he's you know he's just a steady guy. I wonder if it's kind of like one of those things where like Jimmy Walker came on really late in his career, like after mid to late thirties. Um, Kevin Kisner is kind of like that same that same type of player, just very gritty. Continues to go about his business a little bit more fiery than Jimmy Walker, but um, definitely has plenty of game. I mean, we've seen that. Uh, he's contended on on tons of different golf courses from TPC Sawgrass to there last week um, to Bay Hill, all over the place. And John Rahm, this guy just keeps on rolling. Kind of surprised he hasn't won yet again, isn't it? I, I mean, I think maybe a little bit of a temperament issue on <laughs> Sundays. What do you think? Well, um, he's what, 22 years yeah, old? Yeah, I so. mean, you know, we can... I mean, I remember throwing clubs when I was 22, I'm sure. No. Not you, Will yeah, Perry. No. Not now. Not not nowadays, but No, but I, I you know, I think I think maybe you know, he's 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 pushing. He's 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 smelling that second victory and 
um, I think gets a little impatient with himself. I'm sure of it. Like most uh, young ones in their 20s do. Well, he came close of t- for a 10-foot birdie that just skirted left of the hole. Very um, close. It looked like, and, and I love Jordan standing up on the chairs, <laughs> you know, back behind the, the green on 18 to see if, if Kevin was going to miss that been, putt or not. Would have made a four, four-way playoff, right? Yeah. I was hoping for that. Um, that would have been pretty cool, but very cool. good for Kevin, of and, course. Um, and Wes, he's showing some game. Wes Simpson, which um, I'll tell you what, you know, he's a guy to keep your eye on especially for the U.S. Open, former well, U.S. Open champ. And, and he always plays well in um, – right before the end of the year, they play over at um, Sedge Valley, and, and he's from – he's a Greensboro guy. So as we kind of like near towards the end of the summer, that's been a place that he's played well at. He's played well uh, in the U.S. Open. He's won a U.S. Open. A little bit streaky, um, kind of just, you know, pops in in and out in terms of, of web, and, but good for him as well. It's always good to see, you know, former champions – um, regain old form. Bernhard Langer, you know, the I like to one. call the Germinator, wins the Senior PGA Championship for his ninth major and ties Jack Nicholas. It's wild. And VJ playing great, playing great on the PGA Tour as well as still the you know the champions. But well, he needs some help with his putting. He hey, is striking the ball. Well, he is hitting it long. I mean, that's what he's always really depended on. He's always been a he's great always ball striker. He's always been a little, a little nutso with putting, right? <laughs> yes. I, I, I have a putter I could send him. You know <laughs> I'm that. I'm sure you might, do. might help I wonder him. if he'd like the L2. You think, I think maybe we might get to drive yeah. that up to uh, St. Augustine since, you know, seemed to be living there part-time this past month. Yeah, you never know. Maybe it'll help him out. Um, so big, big win for Bernhard and... A guy that I have been talking a lot about, even though he's been flying under the radar for some people, Alex Noren wins the BMW PGA Championship mm-hmm. over in Europe with a I final th- round 62. I think that's his fifth European Tour win in probably the last, like, 12 to 15 months. He's another guy, I think, you know, flying flying under the radar a little bit. He, You know, he, I think it was surprising that he didn't get picked for the Ryder Cup mm-hmm. despite winning four times. Uh and, you know, he tied for 10th at the players. We had our eyes on him. Yeah, definitely somebody I think when we get to uh, the Open Championship in July is somebody that will be, you'll notice his name on the leaderboard. Obviously, nobody knows what's going to happen, but definitely someone who you would expect um, being from Sweden, being, you know, from from the European area. Uh, that's, a, I'm sure, a huge tournament that he wants to win. I wouldn't be surprised if he would be in the mix for the U.S. Open, too. In a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's an all-around great player. I mean, it takes – you've got to be able to putt at the U.S. Open. Uh, Obviously, he knows how to win, um, but um, in the toughest conditions, it's a little bit different winning the U.S. Open than it is winning tournaments in Europe, that's for sure. And um, Shen Shen Fang winning at the Volvic Championship up in Michigan. We were talking about the Volvic Champion last week. A a solid win for her. Yeah, definitely. She's like – She's always good for like one a year for the last like I think five years or so, um, so she she puts her another one under her belt. I think that's her seventh overall. She's the Dustin Johnson of the LPGA, kind of yeah, <laughs> with a big appetite though, <laughs> but yeah. All right, well, let's get to the real news. Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this. Like I'm kind of I wouldn't say I'm kind of over it. I'm over it. Like 
I don't even know that I'm really my fandom is has gone from like a 12 out of 10 from when I was a kid to now being like maybe a two. And it's I don't even care if he wins anymore, honestly, at this point. Like I'm very raw in the moment. Ooh. Like it's just Well. It's just it's been it's been nothing but speculation for the last like ten years. You know what I mean? Of of is he gonna win again? Is he gonna do this? Is he gonna do that? You know, when's he gonna play? All these things. From from a golf fan perspective, remove removing the media hat perspective. It's just like there's just it's just drama, 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 drama. Well and uh, no different in this particular situation with the news breaking of his DUI charge early Monday morning on Memorial Day. Of course, it uh, spread quite quickly and a lot of conflicting reports, which uh, we're going to have Bob Herrick from ESPN up next. And we'll uh, put some of those pointed questions to him. Because oh, he's always got the Tiger insight. Hopefully, I'm not sure how much Bob will be able to give us, but, you know, he's always got some insight in regards to that. And um Plenty of uh, action on social media this week. Make sure you're checking us out at the Golf Insiders on on Facebook and Twitter. The blog and the podcast coming your way this week as well. You know, Bob's always big on the Twitter scene. Yes. Um, I'm sure Twitter's been blowing up with the tiger fodder. We've had a little bit of uh, action on that, too. And another thing we're going to ask him about, which you and I being in the marketing business and Mm -hmm. the uh, design business, the, the photoshopped <laughs> the photoshop mugshot photo. by ESPN. Whether or not it was Yikes. you were supposed to do it, his hair did look better. But nonetheless, um, like, like you said, can't can't uh, can't Photoshop a mugshot. And it was Is that something. And it was ever... looking like he was sixteen coming out of you know Joe's barber shop. Is that ever? Anything I don't think that... Tiger's ever had his hair quite so. No, not well, at least not in a long quaffed. time. <laughs> Is that something that you'd ever thought that you'd say, Tiger Woods mugshot? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Um, when you text me, what was it Saturday or Sunday? Or was it Monday? Monday. 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 And I, I said, um, talk about from hero to zero. I mean. Yeah, it's. How know. can you, like, I can't think of, can you think of any other major athlete at the peak? It would be like Michael, I mean, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley have gone through their fair share of, of incidents and things, but. I mean, I don't, and maybe it's just because I'm too young. It was a little bit before my time in terms of the Michael Jordan stuff with all of his betting and all, you know, he had some some issues as well. But, I mean, can you think of a, a star at the top that was at the top of the, the top of the top of the top that, you know, has just gone through nothing? I mean, the last 10 years of his career, you might as well just erase him from the record books. It's hard to believe it's been nine years since his win at Torrey in 2008. Yeah. Just who could we possibly be thinking that we're on the eve of the memorial? Of course, uh, the the great Jack Nicholas that he had hoped to mm-hmm. to beat uh, his record, and and Jack had some interesting comments as well. And and we're going to get much more. We're going to go to Muirfield and check in with Bob Harrigan just a few minutes after we take a quick break. We're also going to be covering the NCAA's, which are finishing up. Uh, out in uh, the Midwest, in Chicago. Lots of golf to talk about tonight. Stay with us, the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Oh, struggler's blues. 
We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G. And will I never miss a putt, Perry? <laughs> Actually, I missed a putt for to lose my match on Sunday to my buddy. I had three, I three-putted from 10 feet for from having a birdie putt. I was pretty pissed. And you didn't congratulate me on tying for the ING oh, tournament. Did? Wait, on um, the scramble? On Tuesday. Okay, very yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Well, we didn't, my group didn't get to finish. Um, We did match cards, though, and we came in second. Oh, shoot. But I had a couple of, uh, I had a couple of strong 25 footers out nice. there, Will. Yeah. I love making those longer ones. It was fun. It was fun. Um... Hey, Father's Day coming up soon. Here is the best gift you could give your dad. Will Perry will echo this because he's already been using his a whole bunch mm-hmm. around town. The Big Summer Golf Card. We're partnering with the Big Summer Golf Card, your guide to a summer of great golf. Check it out. You get great deals on courses all over Central Florida, um, monthly prize drawings, hole-in-one contest. All kinds of special events along with great deals on, gosh, just about every course you'd want to play. Orange County National, Black Bear, Red Tail. Uh, Timaquan. Co- Timaquan, a couple down in Kissimmee. Uh, Disney is on there too. Yeah. So plenty of options. Uh, go check it out, BigSummerGolf.com. BigSummerGolf.com. For 60 bucks, you can get this and play through the end of October, and some courses you can play through the end of December. So just a great gift. Uh, hey, Father take Day's care of Dad. Up. Yeah, Dad loves to play golf. I know take my him dad out loves and, to play you golf. know, he'll buy you lunch. Yeah, exactly. I know that's why you take your dad out, Will Perry. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, we're going to waste no more time. We're going to go to Muirfield and check in with Bob Herrig and uh, what's going on up at the tournament. Hey, Bob. Hello, guys. Whoops, sorry, I cut right, my guys. I cut I cut you off there, Bob, and myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> Live radio, we love it. <laughs> How are you? Good. So we've uh we've been talking about Tiger, of course, Bob, and we've actually got yeah. a sound bite from um Jack's comments at the tournament. I want to play those real quick and then come back to you. Hang on. I feel bad for Tiger. Tiger's a friend. Uh he's a, he's he's been great for the game of golf and uh I think he, he needs all our help and uh we wish him well. I'm sure you were probably there when Jack was making those comments. Fill us in if you've learned anything more. A lot of conflicting reports as this story broke. What do you know now? Yeah, not much more than than uh, you know the the main details that came out yesterday. And um, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with some of it still. Uh, uh, even Jack saying, you know, he needs our help. Um, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not sure that we really know that. Uh, I think there's um, certainly signs, you know. Um, I think we we all wonder uh, for someone to have uh, that amount of, um, uh, you know, prescription drugs in their system that it would cause you to react in that way is troubling, certainly. Uh, but what we don't know and we might not know is, is if this is a, you know, a, a, an isolated incident or if there's more, if there's more to it. Um, obviously with, with Tiger, everything is, is going to get scrutinized 
to a to a great degree. And uh, I think you know another thing that's sort of being lost and or, or or not discussed much is you know how fortunate he is to have not hurt himself or someone else. Absolutely. Um, you know it's it's uh, it was a uh, you know when you add that all up and 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 being asleep at the wheel and damage to the car and uh, you know you know failing a field sobriety test. Um, in terms of obviously not alcohol, but uh, the other substances, uh, it's scary to think what what might have happened. Uh, and of course, then you have the questions about being out that late, and uh, so it's um, it's a very very unfortunate you know sort of uh, event in the in the Tiger timeline here, which has been filled with you know basically a lot of net negativity uh, in the last several years. Well, speaking of some of the conflicting reports, initially when this came out, uh, you know, the report was that he was seen driving erratically and that he failed to or, or, you know, would refuse to take a breathalyzer. Then the report comes out, they found him asleep at the wheel and that, you know, there were there was no alcohol involved and, you know, that, yes, he had had some kind of unexpected reaction to his medications. So even these reports, you know, <laughs> lead to some suspicion. Like, what was going on here? Well, I think, um, you know, the initial report uh, is a great example of why, in this day and age, uh, you have to really be careful, people in my line of work, um, and wait for the wait for the facts to come in, um, because. You know that those were unsubstantiated reports. Uh, they were, you know, uh, propagated by a, you know, a t- sort of a tabloid, you know, internet site that has been known to break stories by paying for them, and and is not always correct. And you know, I think in this case, you have to go with the official police report, which you know, completely contradicted that one. And um, there was a lot of rushes to, to um, you know, sort of to comment on this story and, and try to make sense of it before we knew everything. And, uh, you know, that's why, like, if you and I were having this conversation on Monday when we didn't really know everything, what can you say? You know, it's it's very, very difficult to actually be able to, um, you know, make any kind of, uh, you know, opinion based on what we knew. And even now, I mean, we know a lot more, obviously, but it's still a very, very, you know, tenuous situation where we're not quite sure of all the circumstances. We don't know where he was going. Um, we don't know exactly, uh, you know, what was in his system, although obviously bad enough to cause that reaction. Uh, and it, it's a, um, you know, I think it's a good lesson learned, you know, but be, be careful with, with this sort of thing. This isn't conjecture about, um, you know, uh, what kind of golf ball is he going to play or, you know, who is he going to endorse or is he going to buy a company or, you know, all the other things that we speculate about in, in over the, over the time, this is, uh, this is serious stuff here. And, uh, um, Obviously, the outcome is bad, but uh, 
I'm uh, I'm still sort of you know curious to hear more, and whether we really get more is still a question. I, you know, I wonder if Tiger will ever ever address it in any great detail uh, going forward. Bob, I'm curious. Like you know, obviously we're all golf fans. What, what how does the golf fan in you feel about you know when you really put all of this into perspective over everything that we know from really looking back at Tiger's career? I mean. You know, the last 10 years have pretty much just been nothing compared to, obviously, the first 10 or 15. I mean, two completely different stories. Yeah, well, it's another sort of, you know, punch to the gut, I think, for a Tiger fan. Uh, even though he wasn't playing golf now, and I've, you know, I've, it's, it, from that standpoint, you know, it really has no impact on his golf. He, he wasn't going to be playing anytime soon anyway. And, uh, you know, obviously, if he were playing right now full-time uh, with the U.S. Open coming up, you know, this from a golf standpoint, this would be really, really horrible. You know, uh, he'd have to deal with the questions and, and, and all of that stuff. Well, he's not going to be playing golf. He's not going to be playing golf really most likely for the rest of this year. Uh, so from that standpoint, it doesn't have much of an impact, but it's just another notch in the belt, so to speak, of, of negativity. You know, the four, the, the four back surgeries, uh, the lack of golf, um, and even going back to the scandal, which is now seven-plus years ago, um, you know, and how that impacted his career, you know, the negativity that it had on his career. You know, whether it's a coincidence or not, he has not won a major since then. And, and he clearly was at a point where, you know, in 2010, he would have been primed to do so. Uh, and, then he, and then he started getting injured. You know, he missed a good chunk of 2011, uh, missed two majors, uh, had a really solid 12 and 13. And then, of course, it's been one thing after another from, uh, from uh, March of 2014 on. We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Um uh, What's the buzz around the press room about all this, Bob? Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because let's face it, I think in sports and in the golf community, we have still been rooting for this comeback. And two weeks ago, very positive comments coming from Tiger about the fact that he felt the best he's ha- he has in three years, having had this surgery, being relieved of pain, Although now, looking at the medications he is taking, I'm thinking, hmm, okay, you got a lot of pain meds there. But, um, you know, I think we got some hopes up that yep. things were on the right track. Well, I think, I'm not sure that that should be discounted. Um, you know, this doesn't really alter that unless there was some sort of a dependency issue here that, uh, you know, many have alluded to. Uh, that, uh, that that obviously we have no idea. We have no idea if that if that is the case. But uh, obviously, if it is, then he's got to deal with that. But yet, along with all of that going on now for the next couple months, there was going to be no golf anyway. Um, his comments about feeling good uh, in relation to the way he had felt were more of quality of life. Um, he, uh, you know, he had been in a good bit of pain more so than he ever told any of us with those back spasms that, that, that obviously got worse, and he, and he just couldn't get them to go away, which is why they had the fusion surgery. And now all of a sudden, 
once he heals from that surgery, which is a lengthy process, he is going to have a way better quality of life. He's not going to be in pain. He's not going to have to worry about flinching and having it flare up again like he did in the past. The problem is we don't know how much that is going to limit his ability to swing a golf club. And, uh, you know, the, you know the, the predictions on that, the prognosis on that vary. Um, my guess is, from what I've read and heard, he will be able to play golf. Will he be able to play at a high level? Will he be able to practice? Those are huge unknowns at this point. I mean, let's be honest. When he does come back, let's say it's a year from now, he finally gets back to playing golf. If he is able to play 8, 10, 12 tournaments a year and properly prepare for them and do the things necessary to maintain, why couldn't he catch lightning in a bottle once or twice a year? I don't see why that couldn't happen. But those that's a lot of ifs. Bob, you're you know, that's us a lot of positives. Again. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of positives. He's got it, you know. The, 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 one of the big reasons why he has struggled so much over the last couple of years, it's not so much that the back wouldn't allow him to make a good golf swing. It's that the back wouldn't allow him to practice. And, you know, he was always having to maintain and try to let things calm down and try to, you know, and try to, you know, re- rehab without hitting a lot of balls. And then whenever he'd get back to golf and overdid it, he could be back in the same place. And he, he, you just are not going to be able to, to succeed doing it that way. And uh, hindsight being what it is, you maybe wonder why he didn't do this sooner. But, of course, he was trying to, you know, do the least invasive type procedures possible, uh, hoping that, that uh, you know, he could get back to, to full strength. And now, now this is sort of a last resort. And, you know, I think there is another comeback, but, but how good that will be is, is hugely, hugely uh, unknown. Well, as always, we... So appreciate your time, Bob. We know you're, you know, right there at Muirfield covering uh, everything that's happening right now and all the breaking news. Before we let you go, who's your pick for Sunday, my friend? Well, I'm really going out on a limb here with Dustin Johnson. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's actually been out of the top ten in his last two tournaments, which is the first time all year. And, uh, but still hasn't played bad. And, uh, was third here last year, and then he went on to win the U.S. Open. Obviously, it's a course that he can handle. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there. Yeah, great field, too. All right. As always, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Check out all Thank their you. coverage right now. There are some great stories they've got up uh, on the whole Tiger incident. Thanks so much, Bob. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. We're back, the Gulf Insiders. Taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G and Will Perry. We're going to waste no time and go to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel up at beautiful Muirfield and the eve of the Memorial Tournament. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Having a little headset issue. Sorry there. Um, uh, hey, we've been talking, of course, the first half hour here all about, you know, Tiger and the incident. Just thought I'd get a quick comment from you before we move on to really talk about the golf tournament because it's Jack's big event. But have you, you know, heard anything new or just, just your own comments? Well, I mean, it, you know, I think everyone needs to kind of take a beat, step back, and let's let the facts come out um, in regards to everything. I know a lot of them have, but, you know, we're still waiting on a dash, dash cam video. Um, and we're still, you know, waiting to hear more from Tiger Woods. No, I, I, I don't think we we should get on any type of mountain and start preaching down to Tiger or start, you know, con- shouting our problem with him and how he needs to do this and he needs to do that until all the facts are taken care of and and those who are close to him are, can can come out and kind of verify what he's talking about. So. I, I, I'm surprised, I guess, that, that is, that's the biggest thing I have. Um, and a lot of me is, is someone who's out here pretty much with this traveling circus that is the PGA Tour, <laughs> is concerned and, and you know, concerned that, that things are going to be taken care of, both, uh, but mostly personally for Tiger. So we're just going you know, to wait and see what happens. Well, there was some good news for his niece, Cheyenne Woods. Um, successfully qualifying for the Women's U.S. Open. So that was some good news. She, of course, is in her second season on the LPGA Tour this year and uh, will be playing at the U.S. Women's Open July 13th through 16th at Trump National in New Jersey. So uh, nice to see her her career coming along. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think she's a bright star. If she could get her game going in the right direction, I think that that would be tremendous. It's it's one thing to qualify for the U.S. Open, but it's another thing to be playing on the weekend of the U.S. Open, and then there's an even higher level when you're competing for the U.S. Open. So she still has some steps to go, and, and she understands that. Through experience, she'll get that. All right. Well, speaking of experience, um, there's a, a bunch of guys that really like playing uh, this memorial event, and uh, I think we're going to see a great matchup once again between Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. What do you think? Well, I definitely think that both those guys have the tremendous game that is needed and required here at Memorial Village, uh, Muirfield Village, excuse me, at the Memorial, um, because both of them are long high ball hitters, and that's the kind of game that Jack Nicklaus played, and frankly, that's kind of the courses that he has designed through his career that requires a player to excel. Uh, with that style of play, um, you know, and accuracy obviously is, is the biggest key uh, to that length and that height uh, for those type of players. Um, but I, I tell you, I, I have, I, I have really been impressed with John Rahm. Um, I really have um, for a couple of reasons. One, he plays fearlessly but intelligently, and and it's hard to have that combination. But he certainly does have it. And he's very, very wise for being someone so young. Um, and he wants to absorb as much information as he can. I mean, it's a little story. He was traveling from Houston to Augusta National for the Masters. And his girlfriend bought him, uh, purchased him the Tiger Woods book celebrating his 20th year 
anniversary of winning the Masters by 12 shots, and and John couldn't get enough of it. He just wanted to get inside the head of the greatest champion of this era. So, you know, he's constantly doing stuff like that. And, you know, I just I just think he's just set up for tremendous success. And I, I, the thing that I like about him so far is even though he has crept into the top ten in the official world golf ranking at such a young age, his ego seems to be in his pocket. Now, he's confident. I'm not saying that he doesn't feel confident and somewhat cocky about his game. But he understands that his ceiling, he's so far from it, and he wants to get better. And uh, he's personable. He's engaging with the fans. I, I really am impressed with John Rahm at such a young age. Uh, what, do you, what are you seeing from Jason Day, a previous champion of the event? He's had a couple of uh, short stretches of late that he's kind of showed some better form. Anything from, uh, from Jason from this week? Well, Jason, I don't think he's ever won this event. He, he would love to win it. Wasn't it uh, back in, like, no, 2010, 9, something no, like that? No? no, he, no well, that's no, that's bad on me, then. <laughs> <laughs> he lived here, if that's any consolation. That's that a little internal pressure. He would love to win this event uh, and external pressure because the folks here would like for Jason to win the event. Um, but uh, he's been kind of going through a bit of a struggle with his game right now. He's not quite 100%. He's not firing at all of his cylinders. Um, he has been going through a little bit of emotional turmoil with his mom, but I think that's settled down now. Now he's just trying to get the game going. He feels like he's a month or two behind because of everything he's been doing with his mom. Um, so, um, I, you know, I don't know. It is sometimes a benefit for a player to be playing in his hometown, but more often than not, it's a distraction because, as I mentioned, those internal expectations – and the fact that you've got you know, friends and family members being tickets and this, that, and the other. It can be, you can lose your focus. And so I'm interested to see how Jason deals with that. Uh, some, another good finish by Jordan on Sunday. Uh, who, uh, two different questions, Todd. Who do you think really would like to win this for some momentum going into the U.S. Open? And who do you think, you know, just given their game, that uh, the course will set up best for this week? Well, I think there are 144 players in the field that would love to win this event uh, for a couple of reasons, not only um, for momentum, but also because this is such a prestigious event. Um, this is one of those heritage uh, events where you get, let's say you, you like, well, William McGurk's a perfect example. He won this last year, and by doing so, he has secured his card for three years. Um, so it's not, you don't, you don't. You normally keep your card for two years um, if you win a, a, a regular PGA Tour event, uh, and you get more money. And obviously, the prestige that you get in winning Jack's event. Um, but there are some players, obviously, that would like who are already locked in for the U.S. Open that would like to build some momentum. And I think Jordan Spieth is one of them. I mean, look, you could easily make the argument that Jordan Spieth is just a perfect fit for Colonial. And his game is still – he's still a bit searching um, with his game. You know, last week was a huge injection of confidence. I totally understand that. But he has been a little inconsistent for his own game. And I think he would like to, to fix that with – he doesn't have to win, but to be, to be in the mix again like he was last week at Colonial, I think that would definitely do something for him moving uh, forward to Milwaukee for the U.S. Open. Well, the Memorial, you know, always a special event. And – uh, another special event going on that uh, has got live coverage right now on the Golf Channel, the NCAAs, and we're going to go to a, another report live from there, Todd. So we got to cut this short, and uh, 
always great, great coverage. Uh, and, and hats off to the Golf Channel, as always, for their wonderful coverage of the NCAAs the past two weeks. Thanks so much. We're proud to do it. Thank you. All right. You listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. More golf coming up. Stay with us. We're going to go live to the NCAAs. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I get my dentures shining bright. I got a deaf right ear for those golf We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up a speedy hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G and Will Perry. And we are going to go out to the Midwest, the beautiful Midwest, the Windy City, Chicago. Some NCAA championship time. And check in with Kevin Casey, the assistant editor of Golf Week, to fill us all in on what is happening in men's college golf. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thank you, Holly. Thanks for having me on. So I, I know the final matches are going on out there. It's uh, Oklahoma against the Oregon Ducks. Fill us in on what's happening. Yeah, so right now it's actually a very uh, heated stage of the matches right now. Uh, actually, Oklahoma just took so how it works in college golf in the final is there's five matches. The team with the most points wins, so you need to get the three points to win. Right now, Oklahoma has, is up 2 nothing. They've won the first two matches, but the final three matches are all very close. Oregon leads one, one up. Oklahoma leads another one up. The other one's all square. So if Oregon wins the final three matches, they win. If Oklahoma wins at just one of the final three matches, they win. So all tight right now, at least in the final three, but Oklahoma has a slight upper hand right now. Now, it's interesting. Of course, everybody will remember last year's uh, win uh, by the Ducks. Uh, right, You had Golf Week in your college rankings had Oklahoma ranked at number 11 and Oregon at number 8. So these were not exactly probably the, the, the top picks that were on everybody's radar. No, you're absolutely correct, and that's the beauty of match play. I mean, the number one seed has never won of the NCAA men's or women's college championship since it moved to the match play format. Never happened. I think it's 0 for 12 now. So it's pretty crazy what match play can do. I mean, Oregon, honestly, they're a significantly, a significantly better team this year than they were last year. They were ranked 21st by us uh, going to the national championship last year, and they won it. Obviously, they were at home last year, and that helped. But still, they still were outside the top 20 going to that event. Yeah, this year they have a great team, Oregon. But, yeah, they weren't on the – super short list and Oklahoma wasn't either especially you know Oklahoma I think finished six at big 12s and you know they got through the regional of course NCAA regional which you have to get through to get to the NCAA championship but without Brad Dahlke winning the regional for Oklahoma they might have not even got gotten to the NCAA championship in the first place so you're totally right definitely not on the short list I mean uh, Oregon took out the top you know team who was probably the favorite Vanderbilt in the semifinals um, and Illinois got taken out in the semis by uh, by sorry by Oklahoma, so that was another shortlist team taken out in the semis. So yeah, match play does some crazy things. It sure does. Who are some of the uh, the big name players for for the listeners out there who are a little bit unfamiliar? Uh, yeah, so yeah, for Oklahoma, Brad Dalkey is probably the main name that uh, maybe people will recognize. The reason that that name's big is he actually committed to Oklahoma at age twelve. It was a very famous commitment, and it's all worked out very well. 
And, uh, you know, he's gone to Oklahoma, played well there. And then, you know, last summer he was a runner-up in the U.S. Amateur. So his name kind of got back on the radar. That got him into the Masters in the U.S. Open. He played the Masters, uh, two, you know, last month, and he's going to play in the U.S. Open next month. So he's a, he's probably the big name for Oklahoma. But Oklahoma's best player, actually, even though Brad Dolphy maybe has the most fame of Oklahoma's players, the big name for them is probably Max McGreevy. He's a senior for them. Has, I believe, only missed one tournament his entire career at Oklahoma. Um, and that was because of injury. So he's been in the lineup all four years, been a stellar player, All-American, and he's wanting out. And he won his match today, so he, has, so he ends his career on a good note. And then on the other side, Oregon, Wyndham Clark is definitely their star. He's a transfer from Oklahoma State. He's the number one ranked player in the country. He's had a sensational year. Um, and, you know, he struggled a bit this week, and, you know, he's all square in his match right now. But he's, he's their top player. Another great player for them is Norman Jong, who's a freshman, actually um, – He's actually a early freshman, and he he actually is only in his uh, first semester there. He he's a mid-year freshman, so but he's come right on the scene. I think he won his first event or his second event in college, and he's top 15 in the country already. He he lost today, but he's probably he's another big name in Oregon to look out for in the future. We're talking to Kevin Casey from Golf Week live from the NCAA's at Rich Harvest Farms, which some may remember was where the Solheim Cup was played. How's the golf course holding up? It's holding up very well. It's very well conditioned. Um, you know, for the women's championship, the weather was really rough at times. Uh, the first day of the NCAA women's championship, it was windy, rainy, and low 40s, and the score skyrocketed. But this, uh, for the men's, it's actually been mostly pristine conditions. There was only a couple days here where the wind got up, and when the wind gets up here, that's when the course gets its defenses uh, up. So, I mean, the final day of stroke play, you saw that. I think the scoring average in the final day of stroke play was 77.25 or something like that. So, when the wind gets on this course, it gets very difficult. When it's not up, it can you can kind of you can pick it apart a little bit. But it's well conditioned and uh, it creates some interesting angles and all that. I mean, there's some interesting hole names out here. I mean, one you know the fourth hole here is called the Devil's Elbow, so it's an interesting name. It's an interesting hole. Um, and I, you know, players you know I, I don't players talk about how every hole here is different, which obviously every hole is different, but it seems more pronounced here that every single hole here is. Has, has its own identity. So it's, it's a pretty interesting course, and uh, you play it a bunch of times and learn new things. Uh, speaking of the women, the Arizona State Sun Devils won the NCAA Division I Women's Championship last Wednesday, defeating Northwestern in the final. I believe you're a Wildcat yourself, aren't you, Kevin? I did. I did go, I did go and graduate from Northwestern. Great so, journalism school. Absolutely. So I'm guessing. Yeah, it's highly ranked. I'm, I'm, Sorry, guess, I'm guessing it was. Uh, you know, you you were rooting just as hard for the the Wildcats. Obviously, that was a Cinderella story, getting into the finals for for uh, the Wildcats. Yeah, it was a bit. I mean, I just hey, I'm a journalist. I got to be objective. I know it's cool. I went to, but there's there's no cheer in the press box. So I mean, they're both great stories, to be honest. With uh, either way, if uh, Northwestern or Arizona State won, yeah, Northwestern. Uh, they they've been a good team. I mean, they've been a good team for a number of years now, and. They just missed out on match play in 2015 and 2016. This time, they, they were like, no more. We want to get in. And they got in emphatically. They won the stroke play portion by, I think, eight shots. So they easily got in and got all the way to the finals. They, they were a good team this year. I think they were around 10th in our rankings, 10th or 15th in our rankings most of the year. But, yeah, they weren't on the short list. Um, but, yeah, Arizona State, they just dominated. I mean, you know, I, you got to give them credit because they were the top-ranked team in the country going to that event, but there's a lot of pressure there. Um, you know, that's a program that's, a, that's the most successful program in women's college golf history, you know, by national title count. They have eight now. 
uh, two more than anyone else. So they had one more going to this week or last week. But, you know, there's pressure there when you're the top-ranked team in the country. And, you know, the conditions were horrible sometimes up here. So a lot of the Southern teams struggled with that. Arizona State persevered through it. And then once they got the match play, there's no chance for those teams. I mean, they beat, they beat down Florida in the finals – sorry, in the quarters. They got a huge – actually, Arizona State really got lucky to get through the semis. They had a huge charge there just to get through the semis. And then finals, they showed their medal again. So a lot of, pro- a lot of props to Arizona State on their victory. They, it was hard fought. Well, uh, we got to run, Kevin, but um, Golf Week has always been the best at covering college golf. And going deep, as you like to say, over there, our very own Golf Week based here in Orlando. And um, they can, all the fans can check out uh, the, the finals here that's, that's going on right now at, at golfweek.com. And we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. And we'll let you go back to work. Thanks so much. Kevin Casey from <laughs> Golf Week. Thanks, All right. Thanks so much. Hey, Will. All right. We got a minute. It's time, for time. Our, time for our picks. And I have no clue. You, you know no I got two. Well, I I think I'm gonna start taking two as well because I'm gonna I'm gonna go off of some recent form. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say Jordan Spieth throws his name in the mix a little bit. Uh, that I'm, that face tells me that you were thinking Jordan. Yeah, I think John Rahm's been knocking at the door so much lately. All right, so we're on the same we're, page then. Yeah, I know I, you didn't get to announce it yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna go okay. with. I was gonna go with Spieth. How about this? Take a third one this time. All right. Uh, let's go a little deeper. Mm. I'm going for Jason Day. I'd like to see him okay. win uh, right now, given all that he's been through uh, in what is now his proclaimed home you know, U.S. home hometown. All right, home let's tournament. see it, hopefully. And who's going to be your third? Oh, geez. Uh, Sh- Dustin Johnson, uh, just because it was the first one that came to mind. Not that well of a... Uh... A deep reach there. All right. Well, uh, it is the Memorial Tournament. It is at Jack's Place, and it is going to be a great week and weekend for golf. We're out of here, the Golf Insiders. We love you. Bye-bye.